0: From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea Creations revealing your majesty From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring Every creature unique in the song that it sings All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable, all struck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. You are amazing God Who has told every lightning bolt where it should go Or seen heavenly storehouses laden with snow Who imagine the sun and gives source to its light Yet conceals it to bring us the coolness of night None can fathom Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name You are amazing all-powerful, untamable, awestruck, all we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim You are amazing, God You are amazing, God Yeah Uncontainable You place the stars in the sky And you know them by name You are amazing God All-powerful untamable. All-struck we fall to our knees As we humbly proclaim You are amazing God Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky And you know them by name You are amazing God Incomparable, unchangeable You see the depths of my heart And you love me the same You are amazing god You are amazing god Amen.
1: Thank you Bree If you have your Bible today, if you turn with me to Romans 4, we're going to go verse by verse this morning. If you'll just uh, leave your Bible open on your lap, and you can follow along as we uh, touch these uh, points. The title of the message is Faith at the Finish. That's where we need it. Faith at the Finish. Let me set this up uh, as we begin thinking together about the wonderful example of Abraham's life. How many of you would agree that things don't always go as we plan them? I think we'd all be in agreement about that. Sometimes we paint ourselves into a corner. Sometimes we come up against a brick wall. Sometimes we come to a dead end. It's just an absolute dead end. Well, today I want us to look together at dead end situations. There are many different kinds of dead ends. There's a legal dead end. There's a financial dead end. There's an emotional dead end. There's even spiritual dead ends. How do you know that you're at a dead end? Well, when the situation looks hopeless, and the only way out of it is because of a miracle of God. That's the only way. Well, when you reach the dead end, what do you do? I hope that you will do what Abraham did. I want to uh, kind of trace this out for you. Uh, Step one, uh, there was a dream. Abraham was 75 years old. God said to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. Step two, a decision. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him to. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. Step three is the delay. He's now 86 years old, but Sarah has still not had a child. Step four is difficulty. Now he is 99 years old. And he says to himself, how can a son be born to a man my age? And then step five is the dead end. Now, they have already had the child. But God says to Abraham, take your only son that you love so much and sacrifice him to me. Well, step number six is deliverance. And the angel of the Lord said to Abraham, don't hurt the boy, I've provided a lamb. What do you do when you reach your dead end? Do you shoot yourself? Do you take poison? Uh, wh- what do you do? Most of you say, well, I'm not anywhere near a dead end. Everything's going great for me. I'm enjoying retirement. I do this, I do that, I do the other. Everything is good. I've kind of got the world by the tail. I'm, I'm having a great time. Things are wonderful. You know, in a crowd this size, there's probably one or two people here that are at a dead end and they know it and they're praying about it and they don't know what's going to happen and I want to say to you and of course you know this that next month next year next decade a lot of us will face various kinds of dead ends so the message today is what to do when that happens what what do you do All right, there's four things that you need to do. I've got four points in this sermon. Number one, remember what God can do. That's point number one. Uh, You don't want to dwell on what you cannot do in a hopeless situation. You want to dwell on what God can do. Notice in verse 17. Let's look at our scripture now, Romans 4, 17. Verse 17 says... Abraham believed in himself. Is is that what it says? It doesn't say that, does it? Abraham believed in sky miles. Is Is that what it says? No, that's not what it says. Abraham believed in positive mental attitudes. Is that what it says? No. Abraham believed in human potential. Is that it? No. Those things don't help much, really, when you come to a dead end. What does it say? Verse 17 says, Abraham believed in God. Abraham believed in God who brings the dead to life and commands into being what did not exist. That's what we need to believe in. You need to understand that faith is not a positive mental attitude. Faith is not hoping and wishing. Faith is not psyching yourself up for some athletic event or some big speech or something with a family. That's not it. Do you remember the story as a kid about the train that was trying to go up the hill? It was kind of a little train, a young train. And uh, it was trying to get up the hill. And uh, the train kept saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And then finally the train got to the top of the hill and the little train began to say, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could. Well, that's not faith. Uh, That is positive thinking. Now, I believe in positive thinking. I think we ought to practice that. I practice it. I encourage you to practice it. What is the alternative? The alternative is negative thinking. That never works. That certainly, certainly does not work. But there are limitations to positive thinking. Positive thinking is not faith in God. Now, you can use positive thinking. It's very good in their situations that you can control. But what if you can't control the situation? Faith in God works in those situations that you cannot control. Only faith in God is going to break through a dead end. You remember what God can do? He can do things that you not only haven't done, but you'll never be able to do. God can do those things. Notice that he, verse 17, he brings the dead to life. And he commands into being what did not exist. In my opinion, this is the definition of a real miracle, and only God can do it. A miracle is when God gives new life to something that is dead, and when God creates something out of nothing. I believe that every Christian should take a knife and get their dictionary out and find the word impossible, and you need to kind of cut that word out. Just cut it right out of your dictionary. Why? Why would you do that? Because that word is not in God's vocabulary. Nothing is impossible with God. Uh, It's uh, not impossible for us. If we have our faith and trust in God and we believe in him, taking the long look. If you ever say again, it's impossible, listen for a chuckle from heaven. Because God knows that it's not impossible. So the first thing that you do in a hopeless situation is remember what God can do. He can do anything he wants to do. All right, point number two, rely on what God has said. Let's look together at verse 18. When hope was dead within him, Abraham went on hoping in faith. He relied on the word of God. Notice the phrase, when hope was dead within him. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been there? Have you ever heard anyone say, I just feel it dead inside of me? I've talked to a lot of people over the years that have told me that. I just feel dead inside. I have no hope. Maybe some of you uh, felt that way about a problem at a certain time in your life. Hope has died within. Maybe you felt uh, that way about a marriage that was crumbling, a child that was going obviously in the wrong direction, a a financial mess, and you thought to yourself, I'm never going to get out of this mess. Maybe you have felt that way about your career. Hope died inside of you. What do you do when you have no hope? I hope that you will do exactly what Moses did, what Abraham did. Uh, That's when hope had died within him, he kept on hoping. That's exactly what he did, verse 18. How do you do that? How do you have hope in a hopeless situation? When hope dies within you, you have to get an external source to help you. There's only one external force that can do that, and that's Almighty God. Notice what it says. When hope was dead within him, Abraham went on hoping. He relied on the word of God. Nothing is more reliable than this book. This book right here. This book is filled with promises. You focus on what God can do, and you remember what God has said in his word. Hebrews 11:17 says, while God was testing him, Abraham still trusted in his promises. So he offered his son Isaac. He went to the very altar. He was going to kill his only son Isaac. Now Abraham did not panic. You know, when we get to a dead end, we go into panic mode. You know, we kind of go half crazy. We think, oh, my goodness. When God said, I want you to take your son Isaac and sacrifice him, Abraham did not panic. Why? Because he knew what God had said. He had claimed the promise of God, that God was going to make of him a great nation, a huge nation, millions of people. In fact, in verse 19 of the same chapter, It says that Abraham believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead. He said, well, if I'm going to kill him, then God will just raise him from the dead. God can do that. That's what was going through Abraham's mind. That's why he wasn't afraid to do what God told him to do. Well, he thought, surely, if God can make me capable of having a, A son, when I'm 99 years old, then God can do anything. He can bring this boy back to life. We sometimes come to a dead end and we start to panic. We just get totally erratic. But God would have us pray and trust his word. In fact, the Bible tells us that when Abraham went to the hill to make the sacrifice of his son, he told his servants as he left them, he said, we will be back. Did you catch that? We, we will be back. He knew that Isaac was not going to die. Isaac was going to be alive. Abraham believed in God's promise. Isaac asked him, (coughs) where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide. And God did. Look at uh, verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as God had promised. When it seems as if everything is against you, it really isn't. God is for you. When it seems that everything is desperate, remember that God is in control. From a human standpoint, it might just look absolutely horrible. But God has a different viewpoint. And we need to try and get his viewpoint about the situations. Things are not as bleak as they seem to you as you look through the eyes of faith. A faith that we need to have at the finish. When the disciples looked at Jesus on the cross, they said, well, this is it. Our leader's going to die. We followed him for three and a half years, and now he's going to die. Christianity will be over. This is the end of us. After they kill him, they'll come get us. We're going to die too. This is horrible. This is the worst possible thing that could ever happen. They didn't know what was going to happen in three days, did they? They didn't know that. Underline that it says that God did exactly what he had promised. There are over 7,000 promises in the word of God. But a promise is only good as the one making the promise. Are God's promises good? Hebrews 6 says, God never lies. So you can count on every promise that he has made. If God says it, then we can believe it. So when you're at a dead end in your life, remember what God can do, and you rely on what God has said. All right, point three, you need to face the facts. Look at verses 19 and 20. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver. In unbelief. He did not have any children, but God said he was going to be the father of a great nation. He was getting old. Faith does not ignore reality. Faith does not pretend that there is no problem. Let me give you a definition of faith. Faith is facing the facts of your problem without being discouraged about that. You say, preacher, that is hard to do. Well, there's a big difference between faith and fantasy. Big, big difference. You can face the facts and you realize that God is bigger than whatever problem that you're having. You cannot build a business on fantasy, but you can build a business on faith. You can't build a ministry on fantasy. But you can build a ministry on faith. What were the facts? The facts were that uh, Abraham, his wife, were way beyond childbearing years. Yet God promised them a child. It was a medical impossibility. This passage says that Abraham looked at his body and acknowledged that it was as good as dead. And the, the same went for Sarah. They were both at the same dead end. There were some guys that were walking around. These people are always around us. They're saying, I'm not sick when they have a temperature of 105. Uh, They think that's faith. They are in great debt. They're six months uh, past due on their bills. And they say, I'm not in debt. I'm not in debt. All I need to do is confess that and smile, smile, smile. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't teach that. Pollyanna did. That is not in the Bible. Name it and claim it and make God your genie. That is not in the Bible. Faith faces the fact. And sometimes that's very, very tough to do. What is the key to being realistic without being discouraged? You look beyond the circumstance. God does not want you to live in a fantasy world. Faith means facing the problems of life in the strength of Almighty God. That's what we need to do. It is all what you have your eyes on. Are you looking at the problem or are you looking at the solution that's going to come? Are you looking at the difficulty or are you looking at the deliverer? It's all a matter of what you're looking at. Point number four, expect God to act. Look at verse 20 and 21. And yet Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. What are you expecting God to do in your life? Next week, next month, next year, next decade? God can do it. Should I expect to have the same problems next year that I'm having this year? Well, we need to face those problems with faith. God said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. Now, that's the kind of faith that we need to have at the finish. So you expect God to act in even a hopeless situation. Now, Abraham's faith shows that he never doubted. He believed in what God said he was going to do. A lot of uh, people's faith reminds me of some of the old television shows. I made a list. Some have Father Knows Best faith. Uh, your parents had great faith, so you think, well, you know, I'm part of this family. I've I've got it too. But you've never made that personal decision. You've never done it for yourself. It's never become your individual faith. Others have said, uh, well, I have the Ozzy and Harriet faith. Uh, you're depending on your husband or your wife for your spiritual commitment. They would say, boy, my wife, she is a godly woman. Unbelievable godly. She's got enough faith for both of us. No, she doesn't. Or my husband, he is a godly man. He has uh, been godly ever since I I met him. He's always been praying and and working and doing this and doing a Very, very godly man. You know, I can count on him, says the wife. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You need your own personal relationship with Christ. Some uh, have what I call the soul train faith. You jump on the bandwagon as long as everybody is all excited and the music is real, real loud. Seems like real, real loud music goes with this. Uh, Then uh, everything is great. But when the band stops, you jump off. You just jump off. Uh, When things get tough, you're nowhere to be found. It doesn't last. That's what uh, we call hoopla faith. That doesn't work. Some have let's make a deal faith. The soldier is in the foxhole and the bullets are going by and the bombs are blowing up. And the soldier says, dear Lord, if you'll get me through this and get me back home, I'll commit my life to you and I'll be a great Christian for the rest of my life. And you know, thousands, thousands, if not millions of people have done that. They've done that. Uh, Some people say to God, you know, Lord, if you'll help me make this gigantic sale, if you'll just help me to do this, I'll start tithing. You know, I'll do that. And then some people have the price is right faith. I will trust God as long as it is convenient and it doesn't cost me anything. Those are counterfeit faiths. They don't work. They will not hold up when there is a delay, a difficulty, or a dead end. Those things won't hold up. What kind of faith is it that you have when you come against what seems like a hopeless situation? It must be a living faith that you have. It must be a strong faith, a growing faith, the kind of faith that knows what God can do, that knows what God has said, that faces the facts without becoming discouraged, and that expects God to work anyway. God wants to do a lot of things in your life. The highest form of faith is that which Abraham showed. Abraham did. Notice what it said. Abraham never wavered, praised God for his goodness. The highest form of faith believes God to advance his actual working. Do you pray about something, and then when God does it, you thank him for it? Is that faith? That's gratitude. You know, faith is praying on this side of it. You know, pray about how it's going to come out. When we pray on this side of it, that's strong. That's where we want to be. When you come to a dead end, you want to have that kind of faith. Some of you, perhaps, are at a dead end this morning. It may be a financial dead end, a legal dead end, a health dead end, a marriage dead end. Maybe something hopeless with your child, hopeless at work. Your dream has turned to dust. What should you do? Well, Jesus is your best hope. I can tell you that. Jesus is your very best hope. Turn to him. Turn to him. Give him your faith. Give him your undivided attention, and he will see you through the difficulty, the drama, and the dead end. And he'll walk with you and stand with you and love you all the way through this life and on into the life beyond. Perhaps there's somebody in the service this morning that would like to register the fact that they have trusted in Christ and claim him as the Lord and Savior of their life. You know, Jesus called people out of the crowd when he preached. He said, come and follow me. Today, maybe Jesus is tugging at your heartstrings and saying to you, won't you trust in me today? If you would, in just a moment, when we sing the hymn, slip to the aisle, slip forward, and take a stand for him. Don't be ashamed of him. Take a stand for him. Slip out, slip forward. Slip forward. And say, yes, I'm casting my lot with the people of God. If you've been visiting with us, you need a good church home, we'd love to have you. The door of the church is open. Come, join with us, serve with us, that we might honor a risen Savior. I'm going to stand down here at the front. If the Lord leads, you come. Let's stand and sing together.